Hello and welcome to Behind the Lashes with me, Joanna Lee. In this series, I'm going to be speaking to lash artists from around the globe. I want to know what makes them tick and also how they're surviving C19. I am back to speak to head honcho at Lash Heaven. It's Sylvia Lou. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Joanna. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, to be honest. Not too bad. I'm feeling okay. I was like feeling happy and then I feel like normal again. <laughs> what, when you woke up this morning, you felt happy and then it, it subsided? To be honest, I was... Um, so to, this morning, uh, Wednesday, so my older one goes to school and my younger boy goes to nursery. He only goes Wednesday, Thursday and half day Friday. So because, so my middle one was home today. So she's been with me Monday and Tuesday, but uh, I dropped my oldest one at school and then I went to drop my son at nursery. But because it's on the high street, um, I felt quite happy because when I was looking at people, I seen people smiling Aww. and I hair salons, they were cleaning, getting ready. The vibe was just different. It felt good. And then I came to my salon. Obviously, we had it as an office as well. And then I was like, was cleaning a little bit. And then I was like, oh, but we are not open. So I was mm. kind of like, I felt the happiness for the other shops seeing them cleaning and getting everything ready it's almost like they're opening up for the first time yeah and then reality you know when i got back to yeah it's it's hard it's hard isn't it have you were you were you abs were you thinking that we would go back on the fourth were you totally gutted when we didn't get the green light yeah i think i was quite optimistic at first, like, yeah, it's going to open. I just don't know what is taking so long. Mm. I was excited. Obviously, my other half, he's in, he got two barbershops. So he was happy because yeah. we both were kind of having the same day. We were both talking a little bit about it. He has his different struggles and I, we have our own different struggle. And then when we realized that we are not opening, I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, no, because I felt for my, you know, colleagues or mm. friends who have, and you know, all the lash artists and stuff like, no, now we have back to uncertainty. We just kind of want to know, like, when is the date? Not, it's almost like a child saying, yeah, we're going to go to, mm. let's say, like a fun fair. And then the day before we're not going, it's like, you know, you just want to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Christmas keeps getting canceled, doesn't it, Sylvia? I feel now, like with, you know, I heard your um, podcast with Katie, with the Lester uh, being back to that. I feel now, like, I don't even know if we're going to open this month. If there's a risk that even go back two, three steps. Like, I felt we come forward with, like, restaurants a little bit open with the takeaways, some non-essential are open. And now there's back to close again mm, i know I well listen they might because if they open the hairdressers and and the pubs i was thought they would be the last to open the pubs I that just seems crazy doesn't I it? Get it i don't get it for me the pub is like who goes to the pub for 
half an hour or five minutes or 10 minutes. Okay, haircut in a barbershop, it could be 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. In a pub, you go there, you are there for the night. I will say, especially because it's been closed, mm-hmm. people will say that we can easily do. And we would just be with one person, two, three hours, let's say, while in a pub, you'll be with maybe 20, 30 people in one room. Yeah, and they're not wearing PPE in the pub. We'll be fully PPE'd up. We'll be touching the bottles. They will give the bottles. They will be maybe, I don't know. Hugging each other after a couple of pints. So for me, pub makes no sense. I think some stuff, okay, mm, okay, if they want to class us as a different category to Mm. other like obviously like non-essential shop if you're buying uh, maybe a mobile phone or something that's a different thing but for me pub makes no sense but they make money out of the breweries don't they the government so you know it's all about the money isn't it yeah and the knock-on effect that i'm reading it's just really i i i feel that we are not even prepared for when we open, we think it's going to be back to normal. It's so not going to be normal. No, it's and not. We'll be... And we're going to be open and closed, open and closed, open and closed. And then, and then if, the, if the track and trace test and isolate doesn't work, and I think lots of people are not prepared to isolate if they're con- contacted by the track and trace because they're like so fed up i've heard people saying i said this to katie last night people are just going to leave their mobile phones at home and you know seem as if they're isolating and and not adhere because they've been locked down for so long people have lost the you know lost the will for that i mean look what's happening in in america now i mean texas had just short of seven thousand new cases yesterday and they're talking about closing um, lots of celebrations and beaches down because it's obviously 4th of July weekend. Obviously, they've had all of the protests as well. But, you know, you know I, I feel, I, I, I don't understand it. It's almost like it's a movie or something because mm. I, I read yesterday morning or, yeah, yesterday that Fauci from head of CDC in America, mm-hmm. that he would not be surprised if it would be over 100,000 cases per day in US. Okay, I don't know if I believe Whoa. that, I believe that, but I think it's, it's, it's crazy. And then you see the media last week saying, okay, we were, it was so hot. It was literally 34 degrees on the, Wednesday saying that oh look at Bournemouth uh, it was like packed and they were actually using a picture a few years ago and I don't oh know why. yeah really I don't know if you saw that on the beach and there's and then they put a picture next day saying oh because we issued that we might close the beaches and stuff again if you don't adhere and the next day on the Thursday it was really empty and then somebody just put on like this picture is old it was taken when there was like some kind of like on Bournemouth, like some air uh, playing some show. So, they, so, so media, I don't even trust. I don't even know who to trust. You know, do I trust WHO? Do I trust, uh, you know, the media? I don't even know which media because all the different media sources have either the Republican side or Democrat mm-hmm. side or pro-corona or no, I don't know. I feel like I'm lost and I don't even know what to read. I'd like to read, but I don't. I just feel like maybe a bit lied to. 
Yeah, that is a very good description, though, that you say you feel lost. And I think that is such a good description of how so many of us are feeling right now. It's literally lost. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I feel for all the lash artists, the beauticians out there, you know, and everybody that has been impacted, all the people who kind of maybe like, maybe we don't even think about it, but, um, you know, the people who are in developing country who's maybe making the clothes for, let's say, Topshop or H&M and all that, mm. they cannot even produce because there's no storage. H&M and Topshop, they don't want it. Actually, uh, in Into, which is like the big shopping centers, they might go into administration because 55% of big retailers have not paid the bills. Right. It's like monsoon accessories. So now shopping center might go into administration. I'm like, what? You know, it's just kind of crazy. And I feel like we're just digging a bigger and bigger and bigger hole. I don't know why we cannot try to improve and put all the effort into NHS and and to staffing in there, get the volunteers, get the machinery, rather than close every single business and school and everything, you know, because it's hurting the economy so much. Mm. So I feel like rather than close us down and lock us in, why don't we put all the effort in improving and, you know, making sure that there is staff to help this machinery if somebody were poorly. Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone is punished and in the long term, when, when if we could maybe just make sure that we look after, you know, obviously we don't have the vaccine, but a lot of people do actually recover for mm. from it as well. And also there are new developments all the time with the drugs as well, even, you know, without the vaccine, with the steroid that they've discovered that helps people get off the ventilators, which is actually a widely available, cheap, generic steroid. So that that's a, at least a little bit of good news. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope. I just hope, I just want to wake up from this. Oh, I know. It, it, it is a bit like that. It's that kind of sinking feeling. I mean, I'm really good at sticking my head in the sand, Sylvia. You know, most of the time when I'm talking to all of you lovely girls, even though we're talking about this, you know, overwhelming issue, I do, you know, I, I'm also distracting myself from actually the reality strangely and whilst i'm doing that i can kind of pretend that life is normal but it, it is far from it and katie was saying that she's heard of four salons this week that aren't reopening that will never reopen because they are, they've just gone under they just can't can't sustain it as a business it's so sad yeah i heard that too i mean i mean it's just the knock-on effect that's gonna go round and round it's just crazy like you know it's people who have family and then it's the landlords the landlords is the bank the bank and then the government it's just like the knock on face is like crazy i just you know uh, how I are they going to support us how are they get you know think of all the money that the you know they've paid out in grants and loans and everything particularly the grants and the furloughing how surely the pot must have run dry now what if there's another national lockdown how are they going to afford to furlough everyone again and pay out 
I think they just have to take it in a different way. I, 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 I really don't know what the answer is, but I'd like to know the actual truth. I feel like everyone have just like their own theory or own answer or, you know, blamed on different things. But, but yeah, maybe just, those Nightingale hospitals have been built because they knew that this was an inevitability, that they wouldn't be able to afford another lockdown because of the economy. Yeah. And maybe there are just those, what is it, three Nightingale hospitals, I think, is that 12,000 beds possibly, I might be wrong, that are, you know, ready with ventilators. That's what I'm saying is, if we have the equipment, we have the place we get the staff there, we get them ready, you make sure that everyone who gets not well, they get the first class service. We just make to make put the effort, it's like the army, like you put in where there is war, you don't just put people out there just waiting and hurting everywhere. I don't know, I just kind of think like we should have been, I, like for me, in my opinion, I, the rate of children is really low. So I think that they should be going to school. Let us adults focus on the business, focus on helping the ones, you know, in a better way than just sitting at home. But I think that is why Leicester, why it's freaked Leicester out because, and that's why they're shutting all the schools because they've seen it negatively impact so many children in Leicester. Mm -hmm. And that is a new thing with the whole, the bit of the virus that mimics the Kawasaki um, illness which is not not funny in under fives so i think that's why they're slightly freaking out there reading between the lines and why they're closing leicester down right i haven't read uh, about um the children that's why um before there was like 0.2 percent yeah very so, small i think it still is it is it is still yeah. small but they it was worrying enough for them to go right shut shut the schools so am i correct are you thinking that the right plan of action is actually to open everything up and have the medical resources in place to deal with the fallout i would i would say government should do uh, say to businesses and to people listen this is the coronavirus and they it's very contagious let's say this is the way you get it through let's say breathing touching we advise everyone to let's say they have to clean their hands use the pp like how it was in the beginning but if you have these underlying conditions we don't advise that you go out if you're older if you are feeling symptom you call this number if you really feel bad then you go for these tests we have these people ready and but for those who are healthy and uh, I would say you take your decision, what you want to do, mm. the, the government advice, and you decide I am healthy enough. Okay, I have, if you have somebody elderly living at home, then you make the decision like, I'm not gonna be working from home. Maybe I can rent a room somewhere, or maybe I can do it in my cabin outside, or, you know, give everybody a little bit of choice so they can make what is best with them I feel I am healthy I'm gonna do it if I feel like oh I'm not feeling too great I feel these symptoms then I'm gonna just say to my clients and they will understand that I'm not feeling great so I'm gonna close the business and then I will get back to you you know I just feel like you I I don't know I feel like the government is treating us a little bit like children rather than like adults like I don't I do think they should warn us and give us every information 
and each individual who are healthy can make the decision to say, I want to, you know, be home or I want to work mm -hmm. or have something in between, you know, like in Sweden, because obviously I'm Swedish, we are complete, they're completely different. This is the way they do is that they say, you are adults, we mm -hmm. don't force you. We don't have to force you and say, you need to be home or you need to do this. We would advise you and we would, and they would advise companies like banks and, you know, mm -hmm. office work and say, we advise you to get your staff to work from home. Mm -hmm. but if you do that, that's up to you, you know? And then that's how, and I think that's a more natural, normal way to do. Like in China, whoa, we got a case in this building block. I'm going to lock it and padlock it from the outside. I'm like, whoa, you know, that is like complete the opposite. So for me, that is not, not human to do. Like imagine that you can't even get out of your apartment block because government has put a padlock from the outside. You, you can imagine, but oh. I feel like the way we've done it, okay, we're not that bad for sure, but we're not Sweden way, but it's, we're kind of like more towards the, you know, where they said, stay at home, you, you know, obviously there's countries that literally say, where have you been? Oh, I went to buy cigarettes and alcohol, let's say. And they say, okay, show me the receipt. Mm. I have a receipt. Okay, 400 euros penalty. Yes, yeah, Spain and France. Yes, so they are even worse than us, I would say. But I don't know. I think it's a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say the word, but it's, it's, for me, it's not right, I think. You know, I think that's a little bit too much. I think you just have to be treat people, treat people, businesses with respect and say, this is the case. We advise this, you know, and if it's something like if it's so severe, then maybe they have to be a little bit stricter, but it's really hurting everyone. You know, if you had the choice to make a decision, this is the, and, and you knew this from, let's say, like, let's say end of March, would you have open for few people and then just see how you felt or would yeah. you have closed down i don't know i think back then i was so terrified that i would have closed yeah but then maybe after a month you'd be saying, yeah hey, i i let i don't mind let's try one customer a day yeah you, know, you might just feel i don't even know what's the right answer but i just feel like uh, this is not you know good for the for for businesses, the number of people getting losing the jobs and stuff is so is so sad, and businesses yeah. down, everything you know. But obviously, this is a really serious, uh, you know, because otherwise there would be so many countries doing the same thing, right? What, what do you think the the lockdown has achieved? It was a hundred days yesterday. What do you think? it has achieved other than destroy our economy and create so many mental health issues and marital breakdowns and, you know, a, a feeling of lack of humanity. What do you think it's achieved? There's some good things, but I would say a lot of bad things. Mm. I, would say. Uh, I mean, in terms of good things, I think, one meter distance talking to somebody, I think that is should be all the time. I don't think anybody should be too close because it feels a bit threatening. Two meters, I think, is a little bit mm, too much because yeah. I don't think, you know, 
uh, I, t I think I mentioned this before that like in Asia, we don't really hug each other. Mm -hmm. Like when we see each other, we, we have a distance and, you know, Japanese, they kind of bow. So that is kind of okay for me. I think one meter is something respectable distance. So I think that is okay. And the fact that people seem to respect that distance. But what I don't like is like when you are one meter, they do get like hostile and say, keep your distance, you know. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, sorry, I, I didn't realize, you know. But there are some stuff that I think is a little bit, you know, not so good with the all. But I think for my my children, I kind of said, I I don't know, did I send say it last time? I think I did as well. Is <laughs> when I went actually to Asta and I saw they had a bit of clothes. I bought some stuff to my kids, and they were so happy. Yeah, you did. so I think that's been good. And the fact that children, my children have not said to us like, why are you not taking us swimming? Why haven't you mm. been home? They haven't actually been like that. So it's kind of shown to my kids that we could be happy and doing things at home without having to spend lots of money without having to be yeah somewhere. so that's had been quite good experience and the fact that obviously we have saved a bit money and been doing things no i don't know if you've seen my insta my children got married in the weekend oh no i didn't see that that's <laughs> oh, so cute so my, my daughter my son they just came downstairs dressed up and say go and get dressed and i'm like why we're getting married. Oh, minute <laughs> okay. oh. Alan came downstairs with a suit, and I'm, I love. Oh. Obviously, I said I'm not dressed, so then okay, you can take the uh, video. So I was dissuaded <laughs> from being in the. Oh, <laughs> you can do the video. You don't. I can't, right. woman. So that was so funny. So it was like things that kids had to invent to do, and that mm. made me laugh. And then. And then the other day, I think last week, it was nice weather on Thursday, the, the, my daughter was at work with me. She was printing out uh, tickets and stuff saying, welcome to the circus tonight. And then, and then she took oh. out the horse and then my son had a bike and she painted him in clown. Yeah, so it's like... Oh, so they've all, been using it, their imaginations. More. Yeah, when you don't have all the stuff and you just have to think of what to do, you know, we were pleased with a bit of, you know stones so and you can find a game so yeah. that was nice so that's like a good thing i think i just wonder though if they've just delayed you know they've just it feels like a big delay tactic to me whilst they kind of got their heads around the virus maybe and maybe that's what they needed to do to get the virus under control almost take it back to almost take it back to zero so that they were ready for the big liftoff again it feels like I don't know. Are we just waiting for the big boof as it goes up again and those Nightingale hospitals open again? And I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, that is the question. Is like, are, uh, are they scaring us for the second wave? Mm. Or is this really like high? Because I just don't see it in like Asia, like this is happening. I saw uh, Germany had a place, a plant mm -hmm. where... 2,000 people like positive or 1,500 people were positive so obviously that was like whoa yeah then obviously now Leicester uh, I don't know if there's other Wiltshire, places Wiltshire oh. and, and a, a Havering in London I think and also Hammersmith is not doing well there are pockets of you know spikes yeah yeah so I think like I mean we've been closed for so long and it's always been like there's no ventilators, there's no face my everything, you know. But 
I feel like now they should have all that. Mm. So let us open up. It's and giving us time. Prepared. If there will be a surge, we look after every single one. Now the now we've been so long that they should know exactly what stage of of um, the symptoms. Is it like like okay, you need a ventilator, or you mm. need to be looked after? Do you need just a, you know? I think they should know by now. We have the beds. We should have the ventilators and all that. So I feel like That's, yeah. There's still a lot of the virus that is confusing them. They still don't know what to do about the sticky blood because apparently the the, the lung disorder is responding very well to that um, steroid that I mentioned to you, which is helping inflammation and helping helping with the lungs. But the whole thing about this virus is it creates this weird sticky blood, which um, can create clots and, you know... Um, heart attacks and all sorts of things and that was killing people and they don't know what is the correct dose of a blood thinner like warfarin yet so they're still trying to figure that out if they can figure out that then hopefully but then there's all the, these side symptoms that are cropping up like covid toe and the kawasaki thing that i mentioned and all of this weird confusing these weird, confusing complications with the virus. It's just, it's causing so much confusion in the medical world. And in, you know, for the staff in ICU, they're seeing things that they have never seen before. So it's, uh, yeah, they have had time to get ready, but I just wonder, I wonder if they're ready enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, if let's say Korea and Taiwan, they have Mm. really low case. Mm. I mean, uh, Australia has been open up for like a month now almost. So it, I don't know if they, or they must be like sharing information, sharing technology, yeah. sharing equipment, you know, all this kind of stuff. Why, why we should, every country should not be tackling this on their own. Obviously they can d- decide what they want to do, but we, we should be all together and, and see the one country that's working. I mean, I can yeah. tell you countries like India, China, Hong Kong, they are living so close to each other. What we have, we have luxury, like we have our own house. We don't have to be, you know, we can social distance if we wanted to, but a lot of countries cannot. So why are they, their numbers not worse than ours? Yeah, I know. Well, look at Hong Kong is, I mean, when I speak to Sandra, yep, she she considers Hong Kong to be corona corona free, and they are tightly packed. But then they are very good at the hygiene and the keeping the distance. They wear masks ordinarily to go out anyway, so they and they are quite reserved. And you know, there yes, is that's why I'm saying it's a good thing. Mm. This one me to this, I think, is something good, and I think that is should be normal because I kind of respect your space. But obviously, when you're on a Jubilee line in London, that is not possible in rush hour. You literally pack like sardines. Uh, but that maybe get us to think about, okay, we need to make this better so people are not packed like sardines, you know. So, I, you know, obviously, this is going to cost a lot of money to mm. make the, the infrastructure of the underground. <laughs> but, like, I was last year in, I was last year in Taiwan, in Tokyo, and in Hong Kong. And... That it was normal, like every person in Jap- in Japan and in Tokyo was wearing face mask, like literally. So I, I took my daughter to Japan with me because I had a, uh, I was speaking at a conference, and she's like, maybe we should get masks because everyone got masks. 
yeah. but they actually packed like sardines during um during uh, rush hour but they all was wearing face masks some right. was wearing gloves because to be honest if you think about it it's quite dirty mm-hmm. right and the fact that people are breathing on each other and they're holding the same and there's yeah. no clean you know clean the train because it's literally so many people so yeah uh, i think there's some hopefully that kind of aspect maybe we can use for us because they are you know for hygiene and all that for you know um yeah do you do you hang on to the escalators when you go up the escalator on the tube because i never hold the escalator i mean i risk falling down but i don't because i just think ew and they should have that escalator rubber band on a big loop of disinfectant. It should go through okay. some brushes at the bottom and some disinfectant and just come okay. up around like that, shouldn't it? They have brushes maybe, maybe like underneath when they yeah. go, but not cleaning. No, no, I've never seen that. But I, I saw a picture in South, South Korea. They were standing by each stand by the way you go through, mm. cleaning, non-stop cleaning. Right. It's so clean there. You read yeah. You know, uh, maybe some Asian countries not clean, but they actually so clean. So in Korea, are the numbers low in Korea then? Yes. Yes. Even Japan, Taiwan. I don't know if I heard anything. Vietnam has like zero. It's. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Either it's because maybe as a country they live is a bit dirtier. Mm. I mean, uh, like on the streets and stuff. And their immune system is just better. better because of the water and all that. Because, um, yeah, or I don't know if this has to do with humidity. Mm. I don't, I really don't know. But uh, India, 100% is like, it's so dirty, you know. But India are doing well, Delhi and Mumbai, it's terrifying. Have you seen the pictures? There's like two people to a bed with coronavirus on, like oxygen or ventilators, because they've had to open up. Although they was, they still hadn't reached their peak, they had to open up because their economy, obviously it's a developing country, they could not keep locked down any longer. So um, Ranuka Krishna, who has been on this podcast, is now lashing and doing her permanent makeup. But their numbers are huge. Their hospitals in Mumbai and Delhi are, are completely overwhelmed. There are people lying on the floors on oxygen, you know, in the in the ICU. It's just terrifying i mean their numbers are still going up in india india is definitely one to worry about then okay yeah no when i first read it i was thinking like oh god how's this gonna be for countries mm. socialized uh, sorry social distance and um yeah but it's yeah i hope i hope there will be something because I don't know what the answer is, because it feels like if everybody's continuing, I, I worry for you know the next generation and for us, how are we gonna cope financially? How are the bank's gonna cope, really? But um, how is it in uh, US? Did you speak to Trina or any yeah, of Yes, well, that, that's not going well, because you know, Texas is, it's, it's rife again, 7,000 cases in one day, 5,000 the day before. You know, it, it's it's worrying, and she she is definitely worried. She's staying in her bubble. Yeah, so she, yeah. Are they are they 
closed then I assume still over no, there. No, they're not. They are they are open and lash artists, I believe, they are they are back to work. And that is the problem. Think as things have opened, cases have started to rise. Right. So because I think uh, Trump said like to each governor of each state to say like you do your decision. That's what they there. should be. Yes, I mean. So I think that's what it, that's what there's some states open, some is probably closed. Mm -hmm. So I guess we just have to watch and see and just keep ourselves kind of busy with our own thing of learning, spending time with family, you know, doing things that we. Were you surprised in the guidelines that we don't have to? We don't have to unless we already wear a mask or other forms of PPE. The, the only additional piece of protective wear um, with in, with regards to COVID is a face shield. Um, yeah, actually, because my my other half, he's a barber, so he's he was like, I am not wearing a face mask when I'm cutting it's just not i don't know he just refused almost yeah i'm not gonna open if we have to wear it maybe it's because he know his staff doesn't want to wear it because mm. they don't normally wear it mm. i can't see that happening and then he just told me last week like oh we don't we need to wear face mask i said oh really he's like yeah we just have to wear the face shield or the visor mm. like, oh okay he's like that's better because that he could probably see them doing more yeah so yeah, so he was the one that actually told me. So I think that's a good thing. We have actually bought some more PPE stuff and um, uh, I haven't tried it on myself yet, but maybe I would just tell my daughter to lay down and just, yeah. and I see your lashes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got, I'm gonna do a practice set. Um, I saw Tara Fisher of Farn and My Lashes had done a practice set with all of the PPE, including on the mask on her daughter yesterday. That's on her Instagram today. And I'm going to do a practice set on my sister tomorrow. So yeah. I'm going to try all, all of that on. And I have done Jemima's, my daughter's lashes with a mask and a face shield. And it was okay. I was concerned about the reflection on yeah. the uh, plastic and um, Ariane actually this morning has has concerns about the the glue fumes settling because it's attracted to plastic about the glue fumes settling on the visors and oh. then becoming cloudy quite quickly. Yes, actually that makes me sense. I once had, you know, when you have one of those like a little organizer, beauty organizer mm -hmm. or makeup organizer, and I had it on top of my trolley and I had like different products, my mascara brushes and I had a glue. And then I could see the side of my makeup book going like white. Yeah, mine is too. But do you know what? I thought that was due to my humidifier and the minerals in the humidifier settling on it. And I think it was partly that. But now Ariane has said that. I think no. it is the glue fumes. I would say it would be the glue. And if you have, let's say, obviously, if you have a candle, it may be heat, but it, it could be, I think I have like a little air freshener, like a little thing that you put there. I would just put it on that. This was a few years ago, actually, where I put it just to make the the area smell nicer. And I think the, whether it's a fume or the odor or whatever from that little air freshener, it wasn't a spray. It was mm -hmm. literally like, it looks almost like an ornament, a little round ornament that had like a little bit of clear glass and the in between was a little bit like gold or blue and it was just smelling nice and i think that definitely did it also actually one of my girls who was working here her phone 
something melted. I cannot remember what she put it on, but she was putting it in her drawer, in one of the trolleys in the drawer. And when she took it out, she's like, oh my God, some of it had melted. I can't remember what it was. I'm going to ask her. But yeah, so I would say you might have to be prepared to buy a few face yeah. shoes mm-hmm. to change because you yeah. do not want to damage your eyesight by not seeing things. Oh, well, I'll be, uh, I mean, gosh, I struggle yeah. as it is. So yeah. it's got to be clear, clear, clear. But I believe if if the barbers just have to wear face shields and not the mm-hmm. face maybe that will be for lash artists. Although I really prefer to wear face mask. Uh, but if I have to wear the face shield, well, it might steam up a little bit. Yeah. So maybe you will have to at least maybe put the face mask maybe under your nose. Yeah. I don't know. Only I'm just thinking about the steam, not because of obviously the protection. Well, I know because that's been the issue with um, with other lash artists that have been working with, with masks, with their clients in a mask. There have been terrible retention issues. So Vilja Bukkelund in Norway has abandoned face masks for her clients because the puff of moisture up onto the lashes was causing shock polymerization and they were having terrible terrible retention oh god yeah Yeah. so you've got to tape the masks to the face and then put the ipads on to stop that yeah so that's going to be fun isn't it yeah yeah i mean some people don't even like to have tapes and stuff no exactly some people can't tolerate it but the 42 page document says our clients don't have to wear masks and we don't have to wear masks unless we ordinarily wear masks. The only thing that is required is a face shield. There was no mention of gloves, thank goodness. There was no mention of taking your client's temperature, thank goodness. It only mentioned working from home if you can, your staff working from home if they can, stringent hand washing at regular intervals, washing your uniform after every client, i.e. a fresh uniform after every client, and um, and a face shield. So, Yeah, that sounds good. But so, if you're working from home, would you be able to do that rather than a salon who have, let's say, more people? Because you only see one person at a time. If you are, aren't you allowed so many people in your little bubble, like six people or something? Yeah, but does that so? Well, I don't. I get so confused when it comes to a bubble. Are, are you saying that your salon staff could become like your bubble? Uh, no, I. What I'm trying to say, like, I understand as a salon, we are not allowed to open. Right. You are uh-huh. home. How many lash artists are working from home? And if wow. you really, if you, you okay. If you're working from home and you can do all the PP and all the stuff and clean and all that, follow the guidelines. Why? I mean, I don't see what's the diff, big, big difference. In, you know, they've said we can't open either. I mean, we, we, you mobile working from home, home studio, salon. You're allowed to have somebody in your house. You can have a family in your house that needs dinner or stay over the night. Yeah. Well, I think it's all up for grabs. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Boris kind of implied that it wouldn't be long, but you know, I imagine it'll be at least two or three weeks after the hairdressers open. They're going to see what happens to the numbers. They're going to see what happens. But the numbers will probably go up, not because of 
hairdressers, the numbers will go up because people are allowed to go to the pub or go to a wedding with 30 people and have a right old knees up and, you know, probably forget all about the social distancing after the third glass of bubbles. Yeah, I I think my other half he actually said about the weddings that they might have to go walk separately. I'm like, who wants to marry <laughs> like that? <laughs> I want us two meters. Oh, we just have to keep everything crossed. I know that we've been quite yeah. negative, stay positive, and- but we have to try and stay positive. No one knows what's happening. You know, people's businesses are folding left, right and center, but we just have to stay strong and hope for the best. What else yeah. have we got other than yeah. hope? Yes, exactly. Stick together, spend time, do things that you, you know, learn. Yes. And, you know, Feed your mind. Yeah. And don't read too much. I will say, because you don't, that's why I get lost and then I just switch off. I actually only read now in the evening, just before bed, and I say, okay, what, what is it? Something what? nice. Well, what's the news? And oh. just to keep myself updated a little bit, but I don't really listen to the, you know, all the talks and stuff. I can't. Oh, you should listen to the news in the morning, Sylvia, maybe, just before bed. I mean, that's not nice, then they're in your dreams. I try not to read the too bad stuff, but I just read, like, what is the latest, but most... Headlines. Yeah, at the minute, yeah, it's most reading about businesses going bust, really, and it's like, oh, yeah, and people losing the job, so... Well, I'm sure Lash Heaven will will be okay. Let's all keep our fingers crossed. And um, I would love to catch up with you um, whenever. These podcasts are a little more sporadic now just because people are coming, you know, they're starting to concentrate more on getting back to work. But you never know. We could just carry on with these indefinitely. <laughs> we might not be able to go out anyway. <laughs> no, and just before we end, I know you dread this, but what three things have you done today that you can pat yourself on the back for? So I said I had two. So number one is I put makeup on. You look lovely. <laughs> I have some interviews today. Um, and then number two, I cleaned my whole salon floor and everything. So that was like, yes. Very, very, very good. And number three, Three is well you made it on here i made it on here again <laughs> and i forgot my laptop at home so i had to use a different laptop oh well, you made it though <laughs> oh. sylvia i hope you have a good rest of your week and we will catch up really soon thank you so much for having me have a lovely day now and you bye bye Nineteen.